As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio. Welcome aboard to this week's episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Disney Magic. And staff writer Richard Sims is here this week with Cruise News. My name is Doug Parker. So happy to have you with us. Don't forget Cruise Radio. Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news, Monday through Friday, the three things you need to know. It can be found wherever you consume your favorite podcast, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Pandora, Spotify, Google Play. It's out there. Jumping right to Richard now. Hey, buddy. Hey, Doug. So we knew it was coming and it finally happened. All of us, including I'm sure everyone at Carnival Cruise Line, was hoping against hope that maybe it wouldn't come. But finally, they accepted reality and said, yeah, we're not going to be sailing in November either. So um, right now, they're still holding out hope that they can sail some of their ships in December. You'll remember that a couple weeks ago, we talked about their plan to sail maybe up to six ships out of two ports. They were looking at uh, Miami and Port Canaveral. You know, I do I think that's going to happen before the end of the year? It's hard to say, but they're still hoping that it might. I don't really think anyone else necessarily uh, – the other lines have also canceled through December 1st. But I don't – you don't see them sounding quite as confident about sailing. They would love to. Everybody would love to be sailing as soon as possible. But Carnival is the only one that is like really out there saying, yes, we believe this is still possible. We think we can sail before the end of the year. Will it really happen? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Of course, this is all dependent on what the CDC does on October 31st, if they extend or lift that no sail order. But technically, we could see the ships sailing. They would be without passengers in November, but they could be doing those test runs as soon as they get the green flag. That's true. And that raises a good question. You know, with these test runs, what they've talked about is that they need to be able to sort of once they've put the protocols in place do some some runs without revenue generating so it's it's going to be like friends and family and you know people like and press probably and that leads to the question if you were invited on one of these cruises where you know they have not yet nailed down the protocol they're testing it would you be one of their guinea pigs in a new york minute i was just at <laughs> disney over the past couple of days and 2 days ago animal kingdom disney springs magic kingdom I would feel safer on a cruise ship than I would at a theme park right now. Wow, that's really saying something. So, yeah, sign me up. Uh, If anyone's listening, if you need me to go as a, a test pilot, test dummy, 
I'm your dummy. So just uh, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Uh, and speaking of Carnival Cruise Line, another milestone for the upcoming Mardi Gras. Yeah. So the Mardi Gras, which we've been anxiously following the path of, because as I keep using these words, I keep calling it a game changer for Carnival. And it really is. You know, you can't you can't really understate how different this ship is from everything else they have done, right down to the, you know, the livery. They gave it a whole new color and everything. So this has been a big point because they finished their sea trials. And that's that's one of the really, really big steps. It means, you know, basically it's exactly what it sounds like. They take it out into the ocean and they do all the tests on it, make sure, you know, they, they kick the tires, as you would say, and they make sure everything's working the way it work, is supposed to work. Now it goes back to Finland, and while it's there, it finishes getting ready, and hopefully, it's been delayed a few times, but hopefully it will launch in February of 2021. So it's it's not that far away. And if you want to see some really cool like drone footage of Carnival Mardi Gras doing sea trials, uh, the shipyard Meyer Turku actually has some drone footage and some other footage of the ship during the 10-day sea trials, and you can find that at cruiseradio.net. Yeah, really, really cool. And speaking of the you know the, the big new ships that we're really excited about there was also big news for apex apex is the new celebrity ship it's the sister to the edge which you know i keep i i was saying earlier that uh, that Mardi Gras is a groundbreaking ship for Carnival. Well, last year, Edge was that for Celebrity. It seems like every year there's a new ship coming out that is, you know, the big groundbreaking changes everything ship for someone. Last year, it was Edge for Celebrity. And now Edge is getting a sister in Apex. And Apex is making its way here. It's on its way. It, this week, was in the area of the Bahamas. So if you've ever taken a cruise from the United States, whether from like Florida or New York, you know really how close it is if it's in the bahamas it's pretty close to here uh because you know they make it take like a day two days to get to the bahamas but really it's like you know what four hours maybe Mm -hmm. to to, if you really were were trekking you could get there in four hours and on a ship so she's on her way she'll be here soon very exciting and another new cruise ship for the uk yeah p&o iona um, this is the biggest ship ever custom built for the UK. It's Iona's, or it's, I'm sorry, it's P&O's first LNG, that's liquefied natural gas, which is also what Mardi Gras is going to be. This is, you know, really clean burning. It's much better for the environment. Uh, it's also going to be, you know, rolling out some new things that we've never actually seen on any of P&O's ships. Like the thing that, okay, I'll admit the thing that excites me most is they have a gin distillery on right. board. That'll alone is enough to make me excited about this ship. The one thing we don't actually know is, you know, the ship has been delivered, but we don't know exactly when it will be a officially finished and b when it will start sailing. It was originally supposed to begin um, sailing. It was going to have a, a trip in April. There were several very big events planned around this ship, which of course, because of the world crisis, all got canceled. So right now, when they talk about the ship, they talk in very you know excited terms about it coming, but they don't actually say when it will be. So we'll have to kind of like stay tuned and figure out when those sailings will start. Are you a gin drinker? I would have told you no until I went to a club in New York where they only make all of the drinks out of gin. And mm-hmm. it turns out that um, it, it, gin is a terrible thing to drink on its own. But when it's mixed well, like some of the drinks at Alchemy Bar on on Carnival cruise ships, um, they're phenomenal. Gin by itself is a gross, nasty thing. But a- mixed well, it's pretty pretty amazing. Where were you, a speakeasy? 
Uh, yeah, it was. It was a place called um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's down. It, it was down in uh, down in the lower part of Manhattan. It was all done like a British officers' bar in mm-hmm. like the 1930s or 40s or something. Uh, very very cool place, and all of the drinks on the menu were made with gin. So I was very skeptical going in, and it quickly won me over. I think you taught us something. So a Florida mayor has reaffirmed his commitment to the cruise industry. Yeah, this was Carlos Jimenez. He is the mayor of the Miami-Dade area. Now, on the one hand, him coming forward and being, you know, a cheerleader for the cruise industry is a lot like you or I being a cheerleader for the cruise industry. I mean, it's, you know, it's for us, it's something we love. For him, his economy depends on it. You know, the millions and millions of people pass through the Miami port every year. A lot of money passes through there. A lot of the businesses in the area thrive on this. So it's not at all surprising that he would be in their corner. But it's it's worth noting that there have been some mayors in some towns with ports, which we won't name, but, you know, but they have been sort of very anti-cruise. And and so it's nice to see someone who is uh, in charge of a city with such a big, thriving, active port come forward and say, yeah, it's definitely time to like get this stuff restarted. And this is a fun story. A cryptocurrency cruise ship could be coming soon. This is, without doubt, my favorite story of the week. Every week, we ha- I have a favorite story. Last week, it was Captain Kate and her taking down a troll. This week, it is the Crypto Cruise. So this is such a weird story because no one is saying on the record that it was actually the P&O Pacific Dawn that was bought. Mm-hmm. But everybody who's looked at the pictures, everybody who's looked at the deck plans is like, yeah, it's the Pacific Dawn. So this guy named Chad El Wartoski, I believe his name is. Um, he's been in the news before, so if it sounds familiar, that's why. He is a cryptocurrency trader. And a few years back, he and his girlfriend, who is now his wife, they decided that they were going to like – they built this floating house, kind of like a houseboat, and they were floating it off the shore of Thailand. And Thailand got really mad at them and said, you're violating our sovereignty, and they towed their little house ashore. Um, he could have faced the death penalty. That's how seriously it's taken wow. in Thailand. So that's why you might know this name. Anyway, he seems to have bought a cruise ship, which he is going to turn into a floating community. This is something he's been interested in for a long, long time. This is not like – it's not like he wants to buy this ship and turn it into a cruise ship that you can go and sail for a week. He would be selling – there are 777 cabins on board, and he'd be selling them for between $25,000 and $50,000 each. There's um, there's shops and restaurants, and it would basically be a floating community. Uh, it's very questionable how this would actually work, whether it would be legal, where they would be located. Obviously, it's not going to be Thailand. Right now, they're looking at Panama, and they've been talking to Panama for about a year, but they haven't you know, been – he talks very positively about Panama. No, no, they love us, but they've been talking for a year and still haven't actually been given permission to do this. So I don't know. This is one of those stories that I look forward to following in the months and possibly years to come because – you know, he's bought this ship. So he has a ship now. It's just a matter of what he does with it and where he puts it. So if I'm following you correctly, this is like that ship that comes into New York a lot called the world, basically. Like you can buy a cabin. Yeah, you can buy a cabin. Very much so. The big difference seems to be that this 
if I am understanding the stories, and they're a little bit vague because he's a little bit vague, but whereas the world actually cruises all around the world, this will be a stationary, like like whether it goes out to sea somewhere and then just comes in for provisions and stuff, this will be actually you live there year round. It is a city. It is a literally floating city, but it is not like touring around the world or anything. It's going to be based somewhere. Right now, like I said, they're talking about Panama. It would be based there year-round. Another big difference is because this guy is is a cryptocurrency trader, the currency on board, you could use American dollars, but they will also accept cryptocurrency. I will admit I don't understand anything about cryptocurrency. Nothing makes me feel older than when someone starts talking about cryptocurrency because it sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie. (laughs) But he's made a lot of money this way. And if you happen to have some cryptocurrency tucked away and don't know what to do with it, maybe you can buy a $55,000 stateroom on his ship, which is going to be called, by the way, the Satoshi, which I have learned is the smallest form of Bitcoin currency. Listener question comes from Tim. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. I have a Norwegian cruise line cruise next certificate, but it's about to expire. What should I do? Call Norwegian. Really, very simply. Or if you have a travel agent, ask your travel agent to call. They, generally speaking, they will um, add a year to the expiration, uh, especially right now with all the things going on. People have had, you know, gift cards and cruise nexts and everything else that are expiring, and they're being very patient with this. They will only expand the date on it once. They'll basically um, give you another year on it, but at that point, it will expire. So call them. Now, it's important to note that we're talking about Cruise Next certificates, and Cruise Next certificates are different from future cruise credits. A Cruise Next certificate is, generally speaking, something you bought on board during your cruise or right after it. You can also buy it right after if you want. And, And it's used to pay a deposit on your next sailing. So for example, if you're on board and you want to buy a cruise next certificate, they're generally $250. You pay $150 and the extra hundred goes and and then a hundred of that goes onto your onboard credit account. So you're basically getting a free hundred dollars. And the reason they do that is it by, because you've bought this cruise next certificate, you have literally locked yourself into another cruise with them. The other nice thing about them is you can sell them. Like if you know somebody who has a trip coming up or wants to make a deposit on a trip and they don't necessarily have the cash and you've got this certificate for 250 bucks, you can sell it to them, you know, either at cost or less because you probably paid less for it. But all you have to do is call and they will happily extend the deadline. They'll, they'll only do it happily once. After that, I, I don't know. If they do, it won't be so happily. Didn't you buy one from me once? Yes. Didn't we transferred it. I just you, called and Yeah, it was it was so easy. Yeah. You were on the ship, you bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh when you got home, uh you just called Norwegian and gave them the number and boom, transferred yeah. it over to me and I happily used it. I do love me the cruise next program. All right, I've been talking with staff writer Richard Sims. Richard, thank you so much again for doing it this week. Well, thanks for having me, and um, I'm sure everyone will be happy to have Sherry back next week. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. 
Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Zach and his wife sailed a five-night Bahamas cruise aboard Disney Magic out of Port Miami. It was a Marvel-themed cruise, and he joins us on the line. Hey, Zach. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good, bud. So I may already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Why did you want to take this five-night cruise aboard Disney Magic? So, yeah, the Marvel Day at Sea was definitely the main factor for this. It was actually really last minute. We had originally been booked for a cruise to Alaska in August, which at that point we didn't know wasn't going to happen. Happened, but mm-hmm. it worked out but there was a scheduling conflict so we um last minute we said hey this is going to be the one for us we had done a star wars day at sea with disney before had a lot of fun with that so we figured that we'd uh try our hand at marvel so you make your way down to port miami did you do any pre-cruise time there yeah we got in a day early we actually flew into orlando first and then rented a car and drove to miami there was a convention going on there at one point that kind of jacked up rates. And this was the week that the world shut down because of COVID. So that convention was uh, canceled, but they did not correct the flight cost. So it ended up being much cheaper to just drive in, or excuse me, fly into Orlando. We mm-hmm. had lunch at Disney Springs, walked around for a little bit, rented a car, drove down to Miami. I have a friend that lives there. So we met up with him for dinner, grabbed dinner. And then, yeah, that was it. Very cool. So you make your way to the cruise terminal to embark Disney Magic. How was your embarkation? Embarkation was good. Um, It was a little delayed because the ship got into port late. And also, I think they were kind of running around with their heads off like chicken because uh, this, like I said, this was the week leading up to the world shutting down. So they were just kind of making some like adjustments as far as how things would be on the ship, on the boarding process, all that. Luckily, my wife and I are Platinum Castaway Club members, so the highest like loyalty level. So we were in the priority boarding, but we got on pretty quickly. We still had to take our temperature to make sure we got on. Once everything got moving, I would say it was about a 15-minute curb to ship. Okay, so you're no stranger to Disney Cruise Line. So I'm just going to ask you, uh, I would say give me your first impressions of Disney Magic, but I'm going to assume after 11 cruises you've been on this one before? Yes, this is okay. our time on it. Okay. Well, what are your impressions when you walk on board Disney Magic then? So it all depends really if you've been A, on a Disney ship before and B, which Disney ship you've been on. We actually went on the Dream before we ever went on the Magic to begin with. So we kind of had that first impression of this big, grand ship. And uh, the Magic, she's you know she's a lot smaller. So that's the biggest thing is if you've been on a big ship on any cruise line first, you do have to kind of temper your expectations because she is very, very small. You go into the atrium, beautiful atrium. You know, Disney has... I believe this one's the Art Deco theme. 
Some of their ships are to our Art Deco, to our Art Nouveau. So mm-hmm. you kind of take in the decorations, the, the chandelier that it has. And then there's Disney theming, but it's just very, very subtle. There's not, you know, Mickey Mouse right there in your face as far mm-hmm. as uh, decorations. Actually, they do have a Mickey Mouse statue, but it's still like, yeah, <laughs> right. generally the decorations are pretty subtle. You said Mickey Mouse statue. Now, is that like the iconic one that's at Walt Disney World? with a Walt and Mickey Mouse, or is that just like strictly just a Mickey Mouse statue? Basically, it's Mickey Mouse one. It's right by the staircase. Mm-hmm. It's Mickey Mouse, and it's, I forgot what he's called, but he's wearing like a rain jacket and has like a little, um, like a little sailing wheel, like not okay. like a ship wheel, but like you would see like an old like pirate style boat kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's Mickey kind of having a wheel and each uh, ship on their fleet has its own unique statue. The Wonder has Ariel, the Dream has uh, Admiral Donald, and um, the Fantasy has many. Man, I would not want to do Disney Cruise trivia with you. <laughs> you kicked my I ass. <laughs> Let's talk about the stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what were your impressions of it? We did a porthole stateroom. We do like verandas, but we have a certain budget that it's like, okay, well, how much will it be to upgrade to a veranda? And this one specifically, this sailing, it was a, it was more than we were willing to pay. So we went with a porthole. We love it. You know, Disney does the split bathrooms. So they have a bathroom with a shower and a bathroom with a toilet. So that always uh, makes getting ready for anything at all easier. They have a really comfortable bed, um, TV that has on-demand Disney movies to watch, really comfortable couch. They have a lot of storage as far as making unpacking easier. Yeah, you can never complain with it. They're very, very spacious. The only thing comparable that I've seen is uh, on an Oasis-class ship on Royal. Okay, sounds solid. Let's talk about dining on this five-night cruise. Of course, Disney has the rotational dining, which is you kind of, what, bounce between three dining rooms throughout your cruise? Yeah, so there's uh, three different dining rooms, and each one has its own theme. You get a set of servers, well, three servers total. You have your head server, who's basically a maitre d', and they see over, I guess, a team of like four or so like duos of regular server and your beverage server. And so the three of them follow you around throughout the cruise from dining room to dining room. And uh, yeah, there's three restaurants. Um, the first one is Lumiere's, which is a uh, it's more of like a French style restaurant. Obviously, you know, Lumiere, it's themed after Beauty and the Beast. Um, and it, it's really, really subtle, though. There's, you know, it's it's hard to explain, kind of, honestly. But it's in your face, but not loud, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I guess that's, I'd say, the calmest restaurant on this ship. And that, like, you just kind of go for the theming, enjoy your French menu, and you keep it moving. The other two restaurants on the ship honestly have shows involved with them. There's uh, Rapunzel's Royal Table, which is unique just to the Disney magic. And the whole thing there is that you're going for Rapunzel's birthday. So it's kind of like a character meal that you would have at Walt Disney World um, or Disneyland where you have Rapunzel come to the table. She's like, thank you so much for coming to my birthday party. Are you having fun? Is the food good? Da, 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 da. Flynn Ryder will come around. You have the thugs um, from the Snuggly Duckling come around. 
around and they'll interact with you. That's a ton of fun. And then um, like a little later into the dinner, they'll actually have like a small little performance where they sing um, the I Have a Dream song from the uh, movie. And yeah, it's a ton of fun. And oh, yeah, they also have like a little like the lanterns from the movie. Your servers Mm -hmm. actually will go and have like a lantern processional where they'll, you know, carry sticks with the lanterns on there. So that one's a ton of fun and a unique menu to the entire fleet. Like some of the menus rotate around the fleet, but that one has its own unique menu. And then um, Animator's Palette, which that's iconic. It's throughout all four ships in their fleet, but the one on the Disney Magic is exclusive between the Magic and her sister ship, the Wonder, the two classic ships. Um, as far as theming, it's the theming is different from the other two Animator's Palettes on the Dream and the Fantasy, which I'm not going to dive into that. But um, on the magic, basically all of the walls um, start out as just like sketches of different animations from Disney films. And then slowly throughout, they kind of like come to life. You see it go from stage one of like sketches and concept art to, you know, some shadings of color. And then at the end, everything basically comes to life it's all animated as we see in the films they'll have a little show with different segments of the film and um yeah we'll just say there's a special guest at the end okay not spoil anything yeah there you go did you go any specialty restaurants yes so they have paulo and remy however remy is only on the dream and the fantasy so with the magic we went to paulo with this being our first cruise as platinum castaway club members we actually now get a complimentary dinner normally we don't go to dinner at paulo because we love specialties so much but uh yeah it was complimentary so we went it was our first time experiencing the dinner menu there because uh you know we've never had it so you know it's it's even though after 11 disney cruises it's always something Something uh, new to go to. Did not do Apollo brunch this time because it was the Marvel Day at Sea. Brunch is only on sea days. So we didn't want to miss out on any of the Marvel activity. But highly recommend brunch. It's so good. It's, I mean, the dinner is delicious. Don't get me wrong. Like, we loved the dinner. It was, if we had to pay the, it's uh, $40 a head of charge to go in. We would have paid it in theory, like it's worth mm-hmm. a $40 a head. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going on about brunch and I didn't even have it on this. <laughs> so uh, on this on this yeah. sailing, the uh, the COVID starting to creep in, right? So how was the buffet, like any adjustments for the buffet experience? Yeah, as uh, the sailing went along, they started to make the adjustments because, you know, we really – you know, with us going on the sailing to begin with, we didn't realize like the magnitude of how serious it was. So as the sailing went on, we were realizing like, oh man, this is, this is a big deal between being around the ship and just talking to people with Wi-Fi and telling us, uh, Hey, yeah, you know, sports are shutting down. You know, my, my brother's in college and, uh, they were on spring break. They told them not to come back to school after spring break. So really that was where I was like, okay, this is, this is a big deal. Well, I guess to loop back to your question, I guess you could say like it all started falling into place like all at once as far as extra precautions. Um, mm-hmm. We realized it on Castaway, Private Island Castaway Key, when we went to their buffet, that they were going to be self-serving us everything. Like it started off completely normal. And then, yeah, from there wow. it was self-serve, or excuse me, they were going to be serving us cafeteria style. Are there any casual eateries on the ship, like by the pool or anything? 
Yeah, so you have their buffet, which is called Cabana's. Then as far as casual eateries, yeah, on the pool deck, there's Pinocchio's Pizza, which I'm all, I love, love cruise ship pizza. So, I mean, even if I'm not hungry, if I'm just walking by that place, I'll grab a bite of pizza. They have pizza boiler bites, which is your, you know, classic hamburgers. And then obviously, like every cruise ship, they have their soft serve ice cream. Very good. So let's talk about the entertainment. One thing Disney's known for is entertainment. And let's kind of mix in the Marvel Days at Sea in this one, too, because it sounds like it was a big part of your cruise. Yeah. So um, as far as just, you know, general entertainment, Disney does like Broadway style shows. It's just Disney themed, obviously. Um, The Magic has three different shows. The first one is called Disney Dreams. We did not go to that on the sailing just because we've seen it before. And while people love it, I mean, don't get me wrong, like people love that show. It's just not our cup of tea. It's about... A little girl where Peter Pan basically visits her at night and they kind of just go through a montage of a bunch of different Disney uh, songs. So it's fun. We just don't love it. Mm -hmm. There's Twice Charmed. Twice Charmed is basically a different take on the end of Cinderella where the evil stepmother basically calls upon instead of her um, fairy godmother, she has like a fairy godfather and he's evil. And basically she has like a whole plot to reverse the fortunes of the end of Cinderella. So that's just fun. It's unique. It's all original songs, all that. So we really like that one. We wanted to make sure to see that one. And then the final show, as far as Broadway style, is uh, Tangled the Musical. And it's just like a shorter rendition of the film. They actually have one or two new songs just for this show. And um, it's a lot of fun, though, because Tangled Night is an event. They will basically kind of theme the hallway that leads up to the Walt Disney Theater with uh, different, you know, tangled decorations. They retheme the Irish pub that's on board the ship into the Snuggly Duckling and all the uh, crew members, bartenders, servers dress like the thugs from the movie. Mm -hmm. And we got lucky because that night uh, was the night that we were eating at Rapunzel's Royal Table. So we just had one big fun evening of uh, Tangled. So yeah, there's that for for the Broadway shows. They also had, you know, your variety acts. There was a magician. We saw his adult only show and we saw his family show. So those were two different shows. I mean, as far as like, there wasn't too much of a difference. It was just different acts. There wasn't like maybe a little bit more PG 13 comedy, but nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the Marvel day at sea. So basically with Marvel day at sea, it's a celebration of Marvel, the culture, the films. So what that entails is there's character meet and greets. Um, You can find like Spider-Man just walking around the ship. Most of the meet and greets you do have to schedule um, and get like a ticket reservation, which because this cruise was so last minute, unfortunately, we were not able to do. But still, um, characters aren't a big thing for us, so it's fine. They have trivias. Some of the food will uh, be themed Marvel. Like for lunch, like the pepperoni pizza is themed after Captain America's shield. They have um, a specialty menu for dinner that you can only get on Marvel Day at Sea Sailings. At night, in the adult area, they had a scavengers club. So if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, it's basically there's a scene with a bunch of different like scavengers in the original film. And it's 
basically they have those characters come and interact with you while uh, Gamora and um, Peter Quill have like a little interaction on the stage. So that's fun. But then the big thing that the whole day leads up to is the deck show, which um, you're kind of told throughout the day, hey, make sure you don't miss um, on the deck tonight. There's going to be a Stark Expo. And throughout the day, you'll hear on the ship intercom, Peter Parker come on and remind you to make sure that you're there. Tony Stark will come on to make sure to remind you that you be there. It has a plot. I don't really want to spoil it as well, but the basic premise of it is like i said stark expo all your heroes are there Mm -hmm. hydra comes in and overtakes the ship and the heroes save the day and then there's fireworks at the end because disney can't do anything without pyrotechnics but i mean that show is amazing i know like the simple version that i'm giving it sounds all that sounds lame but (laughs) no it's the best show i've seen on a disney ship as far as like all the deck shows but even like compared to some of the shows in the parks like like the Beauty and the Beast show at Hollywood Studios, like this is 10 times better than that. So does this night take the place of the pirate theme night, like the fireworks and everything? No, you get double fireworks actually for these, um, for the Marvel cruises and the Star Wars cruises. They still have pirate night. It's just a little quieter. And the difference is there's also a pirate menu and this replaces the, um, the pirate menu that you would get on a regular Disney sailing. Okay. Makes sense. Very cool. So let's talk about the sea days on board the ship. How were they as far as crowds and congestion? Well, this was the only sea day, so really it wasn't bad. I mean, we did take a little bit of time to go hang out at the pool for just a short amount of time. Any other cruise, if it's a normal sea day, we're at the pool by 10 a.m. and we only leave to go get ready for the show. So that's what you need to know as far as how like we adjusted how we normally would spend a cruise just for the Marvel Day at Sea. But yeah, I mean everybody was moving, keeping themselves busy for this specific cruise. So it wasn't bad at all. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, because we went to Nassau for this sailing, you know, that's a glorified sea day. But even then, this is a smaller ship, about two thousand people capacity. So even then it still wasn't that bad. Well, let's talk about your ports of call on this five-night cruise. Give us the port of call and your highlight. Yeah, so um, we went to Key West. Uh, As far as Key West, um, it's a great place to go if you don't want to have a plan. You just want to get off the ship, walk around. Duval Street has some great restaurants, some great bars. Um, there's a lot of like museums that you can just walk up to between the Hemingway house. There's a Ripley's believe it or not, but yeah, we have, we've been to, um, Key West before. So we just wanted to have zero plans. So we got off the ship. We walked around Duval street, uh, found a little hole in the wall seafood place, got lunch there, went in a few shops and on the way back to the ship, we found a locally owned ice cream place that that was actually the best chocolate ice cream I've ever had in my life. Like literally like forget lunch, forget anything. Next time I go to Key West, I'm just going straight to getting ice cream. But I felt bad for the people that owned it because right next to it was a Haagen-Dazs. So you saw the Haagen-Dazs before you saw the small place. So everybody was going to Haagen-Dazs. I wanted to like put up a sign like outside of Haagen-Dazs, do not eat here, eat at the local place <laughs> next door. And the, the ice cream's better there. Nice. So we got to Castaway Key. My wife and I did the 5K. That was our third time doing the 5K. And that was my PR that I still haven't beat yet. Mm-hmm. So, but that was exciting. That was 
the fastest I've ever done a 5K, and I'm still trying to beat it, so for better and for worse. And then we don't do much um, because it was just the two of us. Um, we don't really go to the family beach. We go to the adult-only beach um, on Serenity Bay, mm-hmm. uh, what it's called. And, I mean, a, a lot of people kind of have doubts about Disney as far as, you know, going without kids but this is one of those areas that it's adults only and it's not like oh you know a kid can just wander in the adult only beach is very secluded you have to take a tram to get there and i mean the name serenity bay is the perfect description it's literal serenity it's quiet all you hear is like the splashes of the water and that's it we sit we talk to each other we read a book we wait a little Uh, Maybe we'll hang out with um, somebody that we made friends with on the ship. It's perfect. Is it strictly enforced with no kids allowed? Yes. Okay. Um, There's parts on the ship also that are adults only, and yeah, it's very strictly enforced. But like I said, with this one, though, you have to take a tram to get there. So there's almost zero way for a kid to wander in Mm -hmm. unless they rode a bike there. But as soon as like a server or a bartender saw them, they would ask them to leave. Gotcha. You said ride a bike there. Like, can you rent bikes on Castaway? Yep. You can rent bikes. Um, They have like a little package where you can rent a bike, snorkeling gear, and also um, a float. And it's really cheap. I want to say it's like 30 bucks. We have done that before. So a couple of times we have snorkeled and that's over at the family beach. You can snorkel on the adult beach, but there's not much to see on the family beach. I have like a net that keeps, uh, we'll say unwanted sea life away. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's not at the adult beach. So gotcha. And how was Nassau? I don't know because we did not get off the ship. It was a glorified sea day for us. I mean, we've been to Nassau so many times and we get off the ship maybe once every three times or so. Mm -hmm. And this was not one of them. So yeah, we just hung out on the ship okay, um, by the pool and yeah, that's it. Was that a kind of a precaution thing at that time? The answer is no. Okay. But I was actually surprised that we did go to Nassau. Mm -hmm. So this was, I forget, this was, Nassau was the last night. The night before, the um, captain came over the intercom during dinner shipwide. Like, that doesn't happen, especially like during dinner and shows. Like the captain, you know that it's quote unquote bad news. Yeah. We've had that happen to us once before on a ship, and it was Hurricane Irma, and we were told that we were going home early. So as soon as that came on, I was like, "Oh God, we're going home. We're we're not going to Nassau. We're going home." Instead, mm-hmm. he was just letting us know that. I mean, this is still a big deal. It was uh, that Disney World and Disney Cruise Line were shutting down. Get this, he said for three. Three weeks. <laughs> wow. I'm just like, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking back on it, I'm just like, oh, how silly we were to think just for a few weeks. Right, yeah. But yeah, I thought we would be going home as soon as that came on. But no, he was just letting us know that everything was shutting down. And I was like, why are we still going to Nassau at this point? But um, yeah, we just didn't want to get off the ship at that point. So. Yeah. How eerie was it getting off this ship in Port Miami? Because, you know, it's normally hustle and bustle, but no one was embarking. You were on the very last cruise. Yeah, I will say, like, I had this really strange gut feeling as I got off the ship, like, because we were supposed to go on a cruise in May. And I remember thinking, like, it's going to be a while before I ever come back on. But I'm like, no, that's stupid. It's only shutting down for a few weeks. I'll be back on the ship in a couple months. 
but yeah, I just had a really weird gut feeling. And yeah, there was nobody there. You know, every time we, if we called the, you know, check up on somebody, hey, what's happening? The world's shutting down. What's going on? That, it, it was just weird. They're like, and everyone was just like, yeah, you know, I remember thinking like I was trying to call my boss to see, you know, if the office would be open on Monday. And same with my wife. She was doing the same thing. It was just having to like basically kind of see what, at that even then new normal wasn't our new normal, but like what was going on and everything. Mm-hmm. It was just really uncertain having to make sure that we were super careful. Once we got to the airport at that point, you know, we weren't wearing masks then, but it was still like, yeah, it, it was weird. It was weird. I mean, it's crazy. It's like I had a friend who got off of celebrity edge the same week you were on. And when she disembarked, they asked her to actually, you know, quarantine for two weeks before going back into the office. And here we are, what, six months later, she hasn't been back to the office yet. Yep. I've been to my office twice. Yeah. But yeah, it's so wild. Well, any first time tips to offer either someone sailing a Marvel themed cruise with Disney or sailing Disney for the first time? So I'll stick to Marvel first. Um, With Marvel, if you've never done Star Wars Day at Sea, you're going to love Marvel. Absolutely love it. Or even if you just like Marvel's your number one, you don't care about anything else, you're going to love it. My wife and I, we liked it, but we didn't love it. Now, that deck show, that was fire, 10 out of 10. But um, if you've done Star Wars Day at Sea before, it's different because when we had done the Star Wars Day at Sea, which is basically the same thing, just Star Wars themed. Star Wars has a culture, like, and it's multi generational. Right. There was so much cosplay on the, like, honestly, we weren't doing cosplay on the Star Wars one, and we were abnormal. So this one, we were like, okay, well, we have to do cosplay. And we were one of the only few people <laughs> dressed up as far as like adults. They had like a costume party in the main atrium. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go change. I look like, like we look like weirdos mm-hmm. as far as like being dressed up and not having any kids. But yeah, that's the advice I would give for Marvel. For anyone sailing Disney Cruise Line for the first time, I mean, like I said, it's just me and my wife. We've gone on 11 now, and it's there's always a stigma of, oh, you're not going to have fun if you don't have kids or you're going to feel weird, da, da 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 That's not true at all. Disney, like I've already talked about Castaway Keys Adult Private Area. They have an adult-only pool where literally the minute that they spot a kid, they will say, hey, excuse me, you need to leave. They have an, a, like a secluded adult-only like bar area where they have – three bars one is kind of like a club slash variety show area um one is an irish pub and the other is kind of like a classy lounge that's uh like a piano lounge Mm -hmm. that specializes in cocktails and um wines so that that's my biggest advice to people that are going without kids is there's plenty to do and you don't ever have to see a kid if you absolutely don't want to outside of just walking through the halls or breakfast really um the specialty restaurant Paulo, that's adults only so they definitely will cater to that and also like on other cruise lines even if it's just me and my wife sometimes we'll get sat with families at main dining room well for rotational dining disney does a really good job of pairing you up with other people your own age so every single time we've been paired up with 
other couples, usually honeymooners or, um, you know, other people that have been married for a minute, but people that are within probably like a eight year age range of us at the same point of life. And, you know, we, we become really good friends with them throughout the cruise and, um, stay in touch with them like via Facebook. So that, that's my biggest advice for those people is you will have fun. You will likely meet other people that are just like you, other young couples without kids, or even if you're an older couple without kids, I'm sure they do the same. And, um, for families, yeah, I, I, (laughs) I don't have a family quite yet outside of me and my wife, but honestly put it this way, like you do not have to see your kids ever if you don't want to, Mm -hmm. because their kids club is just that, popular fun for the kids involved whatever i mean we've seen like little fits and the um in the hallways of kids when their parents take them out of kids club because they don't want to leave because disney ships they do not have a casino but it's pretty much like kids club space correct that's correct yeah yeah very cool well looking back what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you I would say um, the ice cream at Key West. <laughs> Castaway Key is uh, honestly that's what Castaway Key is what keeps us from kind of changing up itineraries. Is we just want to make sure that the itinerary we go on is going to go to Castaway. I mean, it's just our favorite place. Period. It's worth honestly Castaway is worth the upcharge that you have to pay to go on a Disney ship, in our opinion. And I talked about, you know, table mates. That's yeah, that we had great table mates. Like I said, we're still friends with them on Facebook. And it was a lot of fun too because um I talk about like the adult stuff. They always do a um the match or mate, the newlywed game, like, you know, other uh other cruise lines do at night for the adults. And while Disney has to keep everything PG thirteen, it can't you know, it can't get raunchy. Well, this is where it does get raunchy because they cannot control what they're getting say i mean we've seen it get very explicit and it almost never lets down it's always like the memorable part of our mm-hmm. cruise and on this specific sailing we got to know um uh, one of the couples at our um from our dining rotation very well because they played and they ended up winning so happy for them here we are october 2020 Cruise ships are still docked in North America, slowly ramping back up in Europe. What are your thoughts of cruising again once it does resume here in North America? Well, there are a few factors for us. My wife is pregnant, so next time we go on a cruise, we will have a baby. So we actually can't, even non-COVID, we would not be able to get a ship on a ship right now um, because she's past the six-month point. And then, you know, he has to be six months old before yeah. he's allowed to sail. But we do have a cruise booked for next July, literally a week after he turns six months. <laughs> nice. So, um, but in, that does remain to be seen because, you know, Everything is unknown as far as, you know, how the virus affects babies. You know, that will be a very wait and see. In theory, I don't know. Take that factor out. I really don't know. For a while, I was like, well, you know, I don't want to have to. I will wait until social distancing and masks aren't required on cruise because, you know, I just want the regular cruise experience, not the new cruise experience. But now I'm like, no, you know. Social distancing and mass, that's part of life now, and yeah. I'm just ready to be back on a cruise ship. So, yeah. yeah. Whatever it takes, I'll get on there. Exactly. So, yeah, next July, if things are safe enough to do it, hopefully we'll we'll be on there. Yeah. Well, in closing, your final thoughts of Disney magic. 
I love um, the Disney Magic. I love Disney Cruise Line. The Magic specifically because she's so small. Um, it's very, very intimate. You really get to know people around the ship as far as, you know, not just you know, your table mates, you get to know the bartenders, uh, the servers, um, especially the servers, because they follow you around from uh, restaurant to restaurant. And we love Disney Cruise Line. We, we've we sailed Royal. We love Royal. We've sailed Carnival. We had a great time on our Carnival cruise that we went on. Um, but Disney just, uh, the word I always say is excellent. It's to us, it's worth the upcharge just because Everything is always going to be excellent, and there's always going to be a wow moment of something that's completely unnecessary, but they did it for you. And this is a this is a corny one, but it is true. I always feel so bad because, like, I always come back from the room after you know whatever we're doing for the day, and our room attendant always doesn't matter. Every room attendant we've ever had has taken the time to fold my underwear for me on the couch. And I just want to tell them, like, when I see them, like, you do not need to do that. Right. Just leave it in the corner where I left it. But yes. that is, like, the extra touch that, right. yeah. that you, you see from them. They're willing to go that far for, you know, yeah. extra mile service. That is very nice. We're talking with Zach about his five-night cruise to the Bahamas at a Port Miami on Disney Magic. Zach, congrats on the new edition, my friend, and thanks for sharing this review. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. ba 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 da ba da Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.